Our gracious, loving God, we offer to you these moments ahead. We pray that you will speak to us of eternal things, and we will be grateful. Amen. What wonderful words. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. God has made everything perfect for its time. For me, these words are a statement of faith. They express my belief that all time is God's time, and God's timing is perfect. This is what I want to believe about the experiences that make up my days. But for me, and perhaps for you, time is often experienced this way. A mad rush and then time is poof, it's gone. Time is very, very important. Think about it. We have clocks in the hallways and in every room of the house. Even my waterproof shower radio has a clock on it. We wear clocks on our wrists. We have clocks on the microwave, the coffee maker, the TV, and even that ever-flashing 12 o'clock on the VCR. We have time clocks at work, bells at school, and alarms on our cell phones. We make certain that we know the opening time of our local Starbucks drive through Do you know that some grocery stores are open 24 hours a day? Can you imagine who shops for bread and milk in the middle of the night? Actually, quite a few people. (laughs) Or so I'm told. I'm just guessing, of course. (laughs) Yes, it's important to know what time it is. The passage that Rosalind read is perhaps the best-known one in Ecclesiastes. The beloved list of things for which there is a proper time, all under the heading, for everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. Fourteen lines 28 experiences known to all human beings. It's not the passing of time that gives our life meaning and value and significance. It's what occurs in those moments. The biblical word that signifies this uniquely human time is kairos, special time, time filled with the fullness of living. Ecclesiastes portrays this meaning in a wonderful, poetic way. To everything, there is a time. These words tell us of God's role in our time. And the wise person's task is to know what time it is. And to see God's hand in each moment. Sounds simple, doesn't it? But as my grandson would say, not God has made everything suitable, appropriate for its time. One translation uses the word beautiful. 
God has made everything beautiful. Now and for eternity, time is beautiful. What a life view and what a challenge for our daily lives to believe and accept those words. God's plans from our human point of view are a mystery. They're unclear. Some biblical translations say God's plans are hidden and they're obscure. Oh, how we hate not knowing and not understanding God's plans. The writer of Ecclesiastes tells us that God has put a sense of the past and the present and the future in our minds. And I think it's this knowledge that drives us to seek God, to long for a relationship with our Creator, to know that our lives have meaning and that they matter. This passage of Scripture tells us that God is intimately involved in all that occurs in life. And so we can experience joy in God's good gift of life, even in the midst of struggles and pain, because God holds the beginning and the end. God is sovereign, and that truth can set us free from fear. One of our culture's famous sayings is, Time is money, and it has almost become a life verse for businesses. But in reality, time is not money. If you lose money, you can always find ways to make more. It might be difficult, but there are other ways. But time, once it is gone, it is gone. Time is not a renewable resource. Time is infinitely more valuable than any amount of money will ever be. Each and every day, we all start with the same amount of time, 24 hours, 1,440 minutes, and 86,400 seconds. That's a lot of time. But the time bank allows no overdrafts, no borrowing for tomorrow, and of course, no leftovers. The clock ticks away, never waiting for anyone to catch up. All of us realize the value of time. How do we value a year? Ask a student who failed a grade and has to repeat that year. What is the value of a month? Ask a mother whose baby arrived prematurely. How much do we value a week? For the sailors that were trapped in a submarine on the ocean floor, it was the difference between life and death. How much do we value one hour? Ask the sister of a groom who missed the wedding because she thought it started at four instead of three. I did that wedding. <laughs> what is the value of half an hour? Ask someone who missed the connecting flight because the first flight was delayed 30 minutes. Right, Eleanor? <laughs> How much do we value one minute? Ask someone who had a heart attack in a restaurant with a paramedic sitting at the next table. And how important is a second? Ask the Olympic skier who just missed qualifying by three one-hundredths of a second. Can you imagine 
Gold medal hopes were gone in less time than it takes to take a deep breath. Who hasn't said, I thought this week would never end. And the next week, the same thing. Can you believe that it's Friday already? Where has time gone? Same amount of time, different experience. Time is precious, and it's made more so by its passing. Time management seems to be the buzzword of the 21st century. We even have a new vocabulary, daytimers and Franklin planners, blueberries and blackberries, which sound a little bit like a fruit salad, efficiency experts who help us set goals, assign priorities, and clarify values, all seen as a solution to help us save time. Now, it's time for me to have confession. A policeman caught me saving time on the 520 (laughs) last Thursday when I passed him going 10 miles over the speed limit. (laughs) Unfortunately, he didn't buy my, I'm doing research for my sermon excuse. (laughs) Go figure. (laughs) We value being on time. Can you guess how many times I woke up last night, checked the bedside clock to make sure the alarm was set? This wasn't a morning I wanted to oversleep. I find it inspiring that when we look at the Bible, we don't see Jesus in a hurry, frantic about accomplishing tasks, even though he knew that his days for ministry on earth were very limited. We sense that Jesus went about his father's business with a peace that finds him in relationships with people and in relationship with God in prayer and rest. Jesus' life is a model of living the wisdom that we find in Ecclesiastes. God has made everything perfect in its own time. Living wisely is not just about efficiency. Counting the minutes, hours, days, months, and years. No, it's about making the minutes, hours, days, months, and years count. The Bible uses words like this when it talks about time. Opportune, holy, appointed, right, acceptable, redeeming, harvest. All words that would seem to indicate that time is a gift. When referring to time, we tend to use words like spend time, kill time, too much time, save time, find time, too little time, waste time, buy time, time flies, time crawls, time is chaotic. All words that seem to indicate that time is our master. Well, are you thoroughly depressed now that I confirmed what you have always suspected? When it comes to being wise in our use of time, we grow too soon old and too late smart. What does a life that is lived wisely look like? As I reflected on my life as I was studying the scripture for today, I realized once again that God's plan for our lives is perfect. 
And I also know that for me and perhaps for you, it's easier to see how God works together all things for those who love him after time has passed than while I'm in the midst of living the present day-to-day stuff of life. We do have 2020 vision, don't we, when we look back over the years behind us and see the evidence of God's leading. Do you know that each night before I turn out the lights, I check my calendar for the next day? And each morning, first thing, I check my calendar again. Now, I'm not sure what I think is going to have happened from the time I turned out the light until the next morning. But I want to be certain that I'm not going to miss an important appointment. The message of Ecclesiastes, the word of God to us, is that there is time for us to do everything in life that is necessary. That's where the wisdom comes in. All that is necessary. Rest, prayer, play, worship, family, love, work, service. The question becomes, what will we do with the life that God has given us? Throughout my ministry, the Lord has brought many faithful people into my life who have witnessed God's love to me in the way that they face the uncertainties of time. People who strengthen my belief in the Bible's teachings that in life and in death we are the Lord's and that nothing, not illness, abandonment, disappointment, Financial setbacks, divorce, chemotherapy, not even death can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Many faces and names come to mind, and there are hundreds of stories of people that I could share with you. But today, I would like to tell you a little bit about two people I had the privilege of knowing. Two special people who lived believing in God's perfect timing what I've come to call the eternal now, valuing the present moment while trusting each day to the God who gave them life. Their witness to me and to all who knew them was beyond measure and continues to grow even in death. Lives that boldly proclaimed in word and deed, God is always with me in the joys and in the sorrows, in the laughter and in the tears, I have never had to face one moment of my life alone. Hunter Simpson was born April 19, 1987, and died December 31, 2005, of brain cancer. He was 18 years old. We'd all agree it was a life much too short, But as family and friends often say, it was a life jam-packed with faithful living. Hunter's life was so extraordinary that the Seattle Times featured his story on the day of his memorial service. Listen to some of the comments made by the reporter. During his first and only semester in college, Hunter Simpson spent his meal plan money on soup. For lunch and dinner throughout the semester, Hunter ate soup. And not a bowl of soup either, but a cup, because at $1.50, it was cheaper. When the semester ended last month, he used the credit remaining on the plan to clean out the cafeteria at Trinity Western University in Langley, British Columbia, buying $900 worth of chips, juice, and water 
that he delivered to homeless children in Seattle. That was Hunter Simpson's life. Simple, giving, and short. A 2005 graduate of Bellevue High School, the Medina team was involved in sailing, wrestling, and lacrosse. Last year, he was the recipient of Bellevue High's inspirational Brady West Award, given each year to a student who exemplifies character and leadership. But at the center of Mr. Simpson's life was his Christian faith. He never wavered. He always tried to practice what he preached. He led quietly. He wasn't loud or flashy, and he was incredibly frugal. Mr. Simpson and his friends spent many Saturdays handing out hot meals to the homeless around Pioneer Square. He spent summers in Tijuana, Mexico, helping to build homes for the poor. The executive director of New Horizons said Mr. Simpson came into the center on the weekend before Christmas to deliver a couch. That was two weeks before he died. He was an amazing young man and incredible young man with a heart for social justice for the poor and the oppressed. Margaret Johnson was also a person of great faith. She was born October 22, 1946, and died January 21, 2006. She was 59 years old. Like Hunter, Margaret's life was faith-filled. She was grateful to God for the fullness of her life, even when ill. These are her words. I've known birth and death, great joy and much sorrow, but I've always felt God's mercy, love, and forgiveness. Even if I could, I wouldn't change anything. I've loved my life, my family, my work, my church, and my grandkids and skiing. I'm not afraid, and I know God is faithful and will provide all I need. Then she smiled and said, Let's pray the prayer that never fails. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Margaret lived with her disease for many years, trusting God with her life, however long it would be, however much time she had, not measured by minutes, but by living and loving. For Margaret, all her life was God's good gift. For Hunter, each day was an opportunity to see Jesus. In our humanness, when everything seems to be going well, we rarely question God's presence. But in the tough times, in the tough times, we wonder, where is God? Does God care? And God's answer is a resounding yes. In the fullness of time, God sent Jesus so that we can know the eternal God who holds the beginning and the end, who gives us the gift of life. Jesus is God's yes. In a love-filled moment in Jesus' birth, God became flesh and lived among us. It's a mystery. But God wanted us to know that we were eternally loved and cared about. Because Jesus lived, God knows the best and the worst of uh, what we experience in life. Because Jesus died on the cross, God understands our suffering. Because Jesus rose from the grave, God welcomes us 
to eternal life. By faith in Jesus, we can know that death is not the end, but a doorway to eternity. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Thanks be to God for the gift of life and life eternal. In any age and at any time, we can trust God. For God has made everything perfect in its time. Amen.